0: Hi, I'm Yannick Guzdala, and you're listening to the Yannick Gwizdala Podcast. So it's been a while since I've had a bass player on the podcast, and this is a great opportunity to sit down and talk to not only a really good friend of mine and somebody who I've worked closely with in, in a number of situations before, but he also happens to be one of my favorite bass players in the world, and any music you check him out playing should... Probably rank him pretty high on your list as well in terms of favourites, and he's he's a he's a big influence on me, especially when it comes to electronic music. And we've kind of shared at one point, not anymore, but at one point we did share the bass duties with uh, JoJo's band Nerve, um, who he is currently still working with, and improvising with and innovating with, and I kind of sit back and look in awe at what those guys do. Really, really interesting music. Um, It's not so much about the bass playing for me, it's about the music, and I think John is a great exponent of that, and of being musical and not letting the bass get in the way of the music. So I will shut up and get straight to the interview. If you haven't done already, Comment and rate the podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or any other aggregator. It really helps spread the word about the podcast and helps me keep creating great free content like this in the future. And if you haven't already, check out the new daily vlog on YouTube. I'm uploading a movie every single day as I travel around the world, in and out of the studio, and basically just all the way through life. Um, So if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, that's at Yannick Wizdala. It's yet another source of free information, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. So this is my interview with the great bass player John Davis, which we did in New York the day after the US general election back in November. John Davis.
1: Yannick (laughs) Wizdala.
0: Well, that's an intro if ever I heard one. Um, It's kind of a weird time to be in New York City.
1: Yeah, it is, for sure. A little bit.
0: You just got back.
1: Yep. Yeah, we just got back from uh, a week in the UK.
0: Yeah, and I'm amazed. I keep asking you, and I've seen all your bandmates today. Actually, the whole band. I've seen everyone today, in one day. Jojo, and Jacob, and Aaron. and I'm just marveling at the fact that you guys
1: survived the north of England (laughs) without dying. Yeah. Well, Glasgow is my ancestral homeland. Get out of here, ready? My dad's side of the family is... From Glasgow. So, wow. I mean, way back. That is that
0: a Davis Graham? A, a Graham from Glasgow. <laughs> hey. All the Glasgow region yeah. listeners yeah. will be currently <laughs> <Exactly>. shooting their, <laughs> their radio sets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at my accent, not the fact that you're from yes. there. Wow. Did you get to check out some
1: things that not really. to that? No, unfortunately, no. i was you know. Oh, driving, so you were being a musician. Drive from Manchester, get in, load in. Ooh. Yeah, was, that was the long. That was the long that and then glasgow to sheffield we're both long so. yeah yeah wow
0: um how, how long were you there in the uk in total uh one week wow yeah. five gigs six gigs six gigs damn <laughs> wow okay yeah so you know i've talked to jojo on this podcast a little bit and it's, it's so great to have the opportunity to talk to you and get the other side of the story yeah, yeah. not that either one right. is right <laughs> or wrong but just a different perspective on right. the whole thing you know him being sort of more of the band leader but i'm guessing you being more of the facilitator on a lot of levels yeah in well, terms of how the whole thing comes together
1: yeah i mean as far as the logistics go you know pretty much myself and and jacob handle the management the day-to-day yeah. um, management of the band um, but yeah i mean as far as this this tour goes you know one of the things that we were trying out on this was um, to do a tour just self-promoting, promoting it only to our fans directly, you know, not dealing with, uh, you know, promoters who might only pitch it as like a, a drum thing or right. might pitch it as a jazz thing. or Is that
0: a trap you fall into uh, or you find that band
1: falls into the drum and jazz thing rather than the electronic yeah. music? Well, I mean, yes, for, for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of what, you know, a lot of how we established, a lot of how the band was established was through both of those scenes. So right. it's not... It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's only a bad thing if you get um, pigeonholed into it. And also cuz it might be disappointing for some people who think they're going to get something very different. You know, they might think they're walking into a fusion show or a drug yeah. clinic and then
0: Do you come across that at all? At this point, I mean, you've been you guys have been doing this for some years now. Do
1: you still get that people are like, "Oh, wow, yeah.
0: Don't really get it." yeah there might be a little
1: bit of that i think i think for the most part we found our audience i think there are people you know i think that we have enough of a um enough of a presence with videos and enough of a presence with the recorded music online that people people should should kind of know what they're getting into
0: when they they see it how conscious of the curation process of you know what is put online? Are you? Is it just kind of haphazard, or are you really conscious of? Oh, you know this video is going to do this. Or? We
1: we're trying to get more, uh, get more into that yeah. to be more to be more careful of that. Um, you know, we have for a long time we didn't really have a lot of content that we we're putting up on a regular basis, especially in the video domain. I think that probably was. Not the not the best move, you know. It wasn't a conscious move not to do it, but it was just we didn't really have the means and the time to be yeah. making sure that we had good video content coming out all the time. But I feel like now for the last couple of years, we've come out. We've had at least one good, one or two like high quality concert things coming out that yeah. reflect how the band actually sounds now. Yeah. Um, we're working on some new some new videos in the next. Uh, we're doing a, a live in the studio thing next week, and then we have. Um, footage from our show in Zurich last month that Cutting. we're editing to maybe make a... You know, we're basically just going to see how much of it works out and yeah. then decide how we're going to deliver it. It might be a bunch of five to five to ten minute things. Maybe yeah. it'll be one long thing. It's kind of, you know, let the it's, content determine the, the exactly. release.
0: And as much, as, as much content as you know, and I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. listening knows that I put out, like it's a massive yeah. volume of content. Yes. I'm still very conscious of the fact that the most successful people more recently seem to have been people like Dirty Loops and Snocky Poppy who do these high quality multi cam yeah. shoots and how much that drives right. their market and their audience and how Yeah. It's like a it's like a the, the fifth band member if there are four people in the band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. The so that's editor.
1: yeah, we're definitely conscious of that and trying to trying to do that more, but also trying to make sure we do it in a way that kind of fits with our aesthetic and not um, you know, not get not just get caught up in having content, but making sure it's the right content, you
0: know. How much time? I mean, this is, I'm a bass player. I have this podcast. I try and make it as little about the bass as yeah. possible. But here we are sitting two bass players yeah. who have worked together a lot. Yeah, uh, and both played with Nerve. And both played with Nerve. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. That's, you know? a, that's a bit more of a <laughs> lopsided uh, relationship. People, you know? You know? Yeah. yeah, we both, I guess we have We've other We've played people. with a lot of the same people yeah. over yeah. the years. And, and, you know, spent a lot of time in New York the whole the whole bit. Yeah. Um, How uh, how often? I mean, you own this studio that Mm -hmm. we're sitting in at the bunker here in Brooklyn. How often do you get back to the base? I mean, it was really interesting talking to JoJo on a on a previous episode where he was saying, "Yeah, man, John is really like he's almost like he's building synthesizers with the pedals to operate with the feet, you know, like yeah, yeah, like that." How 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 on earth do you find the time to be creative like that?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's always like a a constant struggle to balance it, but. Um I it's hard for me to be to feel sort of uh, artistically fulfilled if I'm only doing one thing. I tend to get kind of restless. So mm-hmm. if I'm only making records, you know, or only making jazz records for like a couple of weeks and I start getting like really like oh shit, like I I, I need to do something else. We need I to need to an go indie band on. in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I need to do a rock record. I yeah. need to mix like a dance track or or I like oh, or I just feel like oh, I need to go on tour and play. I need to like get out of the studio. Yeah. Strap on my bass and be in front of some people, yeah. loud and you know, so. so the balance is good. I mean, I, I I definitely there go there. I go through phases where I definitely am not touching the instrument as as much as I'd like to, or spending as much time with it. Um, and that's just a tough thing to balance, you know. The we come, I guess, both a little bit from a jazz background, yeah. right? I mean, and
0: that's always something I'm I'm thinking about, like, you know. Um, sometimes I get into situations where I don't find I have the vocabulary that I did perhaps fifteen years ago for a specific Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. But I find the older I get, the more okay I am with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. the impotence to, to like to to, to 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 touch the bass all the
1: time is a little bit less and less. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I, I definitely feel the same way, but I also feel that, you know, through through this band and through spending so much time in the studio producing and and working on records that The my my approach to the bass now it kind of is the same no matter what sort of music I'm playing you know it's sort of like it's it's not necessarily even if I'm one gig with might be with all my pedals from Nerve and I'm playing that kind of stuff or I might be playing a you know a singer songwriter gig on upright but sort of my concept of how the bass is supposed to function sort of like yeah maybe I have less vocabulary but I think I have a you know it's a more focused concept. A maybe. more focused concept and then it's sort of like, oh yeah, it's a bummer, I can't practice as much, but if I have some stuff I need to, then it, you know, I'm sure as you know, all it takes is like, okay, I got a week, I'm going to put in well, a couple the... hours a day and then all of a sudden it comes back pretty. Yeah, that was, was going to be my yeah. next question, is uh, do you
0: find like, you know, when you make a, a significant advancement in your sonic palette, for mm-hmm. instance, with the pedal board, that it just kind of happens real quick. Yeah. Or, or like you're experimenting yeah. and boom, that's it. And you lock it in and kind of you didn't mm-hmm. have to spend months practicing one thing.
1: Right. No, totally. It's to kind of it the same as, I feel like it's the same with, with the playing side of things as well. It's like, you know, you get to a plateau for a while and it feels like nothing, you know, like no matter how much you practice, you're kind of at this one thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like one thing clicks and it's like, oh, this all, now I can hear this and this is all easy to play. And um, yeah, obviously it's a little different maybe with the pedals because you're dealing with you know you have to sort of find pedals and you have to test them and try them out and you kind of have to hear something ahead of time that you're missing yeah because otherwise it's there's too you know and then try and find a solution right so a lot of times it's like oh, i wish i could you know i'll hear something on a record that's not bass it's like a synth thing and i'll be like oh shit i like I, i need a way to try and get close to that yeah that sort of expressiveness with what i have and so then that'll usually set off a a chain reaction of trying to trying to chase a certain uh, concept or a certain sound yep. or um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of how it's been evolving lately. But the basic setup hasn't changed in a long, long time. Yeah,
0: but I, I notice the small differences. I pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I, have, I gotta say I'm a bit of a nerd like that. Yeah. But only. When it comes to, I think you're the only person setup I check out or have done in the, yeah. like, the last 10 years. I, mean, I checked out Tim's a long time ago, but yeah. he doesn't really use that much anymore because yeah, he's doing he'll kind have, of like I mean, yeah, he'll rock
1: gigs or something. His octave pedal and yeah. a frequency analyzer and some cool distortion. Exactly, exactly. And, exactly. and but, uh, it's usually kind of, yeah, it's usually kind
0: of... And yeah. I guess maybe I'm approaching it the completely wrong way going on what you just said in that I buy tons and tons of pedals and then try and figure out what to do with them rather than have a goal.
1: <laughs> well, that gives you, I mean... I think that's just like a different, a different way to do it. Because then, yeah, you, it's fun you actually to have the, Then you get the benefit of having happy accidents.
0: Yeah, which you know, sure. like
1: if you're if you're really just and goal, that's how I create it. for sure, yeah, yeah, like right now with my pedal board, uh, there's there's none of that. It's like <laughs> it's like it's really go- it's really goal oriented, and it's yeah. like okay, this is the palette. I can get these sounds, these sounds, these sounds, these sounds. There's not any like oh, I stepped on these two tonight, and like wow, that was crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's sort of like very like okay, I need this, I need this, I need this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also part of it is because maybe with the with nerve like we're playing you know it's i mean you know it's fucking loud, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. I remember you coming know. off the road with that banner not being able to hear for yeah. a couple of months, so so I kind of have to be really careful to not have anything that's gonna uh you know accidentally just all of a sudden be like. Insanely loud, or you know, it yeah. sort of like has to be very, very conscious about the the sonic presentation that it's and the super signal consistent. Chain being consistent yeah. Sound is super solid, so it holds up to that kind of volume. Do you have any kind of routing system, or is that just the
0: gain structure on each pedal that's really you've dialed it in and you've set it where it
1: needs to be? Yeah, set? pretty much just setting it, having everything sort of only choosing pedals that operate easily, like very close to unity gain, where they yeah. don't add or subtract anything, yeah. or if they do it's what i need them to add or subtract is your pedalboard light enough to where you can take it as hand luggage no 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 it's exactly 23 kilos oh wow so it's in the flight pounds. case it's it's one checked luggage no overweight but it's uh, like right, the on, question the, right get, on
0: the nose <laughs> the question i get asked and have been asked for yeah. 20 years is how do you travel with your base uh, do you check or check carry, it. you check it as well yeah, awesome. i gave
1: i gave up about five or six years ago yeah for Not me it was like two it. years ago but i just I realized how, how much stress it was. It's nice not to having the to life. walk around the airport with that thing, and just your back worry life. every time yeah. you go up to the gate. Be like, "Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Do Am I, have to I get, gonna get a nice? Do I? Yeah, yeah. Do I have to get in a fight today? Like, yeah. am I gonna be arguing for half an hour and talk to a supervisor? <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, then you just walk on. You have your clothes, and you, you know, if you land and your base doesn't make it, it's like. Borrow bass. Clean socks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, clean socks
0: and your sanity.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know.
0: Have so. you always been okay with playing other people's instruments if you needed to or getting a rental or just...
1: You know, whatever. I've actually... I've never had to. Okay. So, so you've never may, lost an instrument track? No. One okay. time my, my bass got... My bass and my pedals on like a... For a one-off gig in Berlin on Air France got sent to somewhere in Africa. Wow. But got delivered the next day to Soundcheck. Oh, okay. So that was the closest to... You know, I spent the whole morning trying to find people in Berlin who had pedals and a bass. And then eventually it was just like, okay, yeah, we're going to deliver it. So, yeah, I have got. I mean, maybe lucky. if I'd had bad experiences with losing gear or having it get damaged or something. Because that was a massive
0: hang-up of, of mine, like playing the Fodera. Yeah. only playing that and never playing basses with different actions, different yeah. strings. Now I'm way more open to it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I- it would be tricky if I was playing, you know, playing music where I really needed an instrument that can respond like that. Yeah. You know, it's a very different, it's like if I was playing acoustic jazz I would be bummed if I couldn't travel with my with my upright. Yeah, For the same reason. It's when, when you're dealing with something that's really an acoustic instrument, yeah. kind of, you know, which a Fodera is, it's like it has that yeah. thing that's like a real acoustic instrument. It's yeah. not just like, you know, jazz bass is awesome, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a baseball bat with, <laughs> <laughs> with strings. Like you find one that you like and it feels good and you, you develop a vibe with it, but if you have yeah. to play one night on a different vintage jazz bass. It's like things are a little different, but yeah. it's, it's not such a huge, you know, uh, with upright basses or with that kind of thing. It's like going from a, a nice carved German bass and then having to play on a K the next night or yeah. having to play on something nice, but that has like super high action. It's like, you know, it would be like going from playing on your Fodera to then having to play on like an entry-level Ibanez and trying to like be expressive <laughs> and play something meaningful. It's like it's not yeah. going to... It's not going to really be a whole lot of fun. How, uh, how,
0: how, do you, how do you work your stuff with active, passive with the pedals? I, I promise to keep the yeah. nerd questions to a minimum, but shit, there's so rare. Well, you can I edit, a, edit out as much as you
1: need. Well, I'm not going to edit yeah. anything, actually. I hate editing,
0: so we'll yeah. leave it all in. But,
1: um, I, you know, I saw you were playing your fretless for Dara for a while. I did. Yeah, I did one tour with that and like one one-off with that. Okay. Um, but it's mainly the jazz bass. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, I think I pretty much ran it in passive mode the whole time because it just seems to work a little better level, like volume-wise with the pickups and stuff for me. Okay. Um, so the main pedal was respond. fretless and with the octave pedal playing everything up the octave, it was just, you know, and when you're playing loud and yeah. it's like to, to... Worrying about the intonation where, you know, that much of a difference. Yeah. Mid- millimeter, yeah. Yeah, and you're hearing everything in octave below where you're playing it it was just like really not you know I was spending way too much time worrying about and not if, having fun yeah, yeah and not being able to think creatively about the music because we you know we're improvising a lot you know a yeah. lot of the a lot of the stuff is just so it's like to, too many places to have to kind of put my attention how much of the gig
0: to, now I mean I haven't heard a nerve
1: gig in a while yeah how much of the gig is is improvised now would you say I'd say well for instance in, in London on Sunday we played almost two hours Almost two hour set, solid, and we played four songs. Okay, you know, and and or five songs, and and none of them were really like, stop, like, yeah, you know, call (laughs) the next tune and then play. It was like you know, a lot of times now we'll kind of, you know, snake our way in, and if we're kind of close to a song, someone will start playing part of it, and then maybe we'll kind of. Fade, Crossfade into that tune for a while, and then so goes, everyone knows the vocabulary and has a <clears throat> big set of ears. Yeah, it's, I, I think we've finally found found a way in the last maybe two years, year and a half, where we can actually improvise, and still use our song vocabulary. It's sort of the it used to be more of a divide between like now we're jamming, now we're, now playing, we're playing songs, songs. yeah, you know, and it's finally gotten to the place where it's a little more. We can just play, and there's enough trust between the the, the people on stage and and Aaron out at front of house that it's like. If, someone, if we get close and someone starts playing something, it's like, maybe we won't go with them. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, there's enough trust that it's like, it, it's not like we have to have that, yeah. you know. Um. How, how close to what you're doing right now do you think is jazz? Like in the true old sense of the word, like the,
0: the music being played by... Yeah. You know, ...listened to by a serious audience and played by serious musicians and being improvisation well. at its highest level? Do you consider that a thing or it's just not something that even crosses your mind?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of different ways that what we're doing is related to jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially like i was saying now that we kind of have this repertoire that we can go in and out of more yep. more loosely. Um, you know, we're dealing with a a set of a set of songs and sort of a set of uh, a repertoire that's that's current yeah. and that we're you know interpreting in relatively modern rhythmic styles. I mean, I think that's one of the things about jazz probably from its origin up through uh maybe like the early 70s Mm -hmm. or mid 70s it always kind of was was this you know western harmony mixed with whatever was like the most current sort of underground rhythmic you know it's kind of like really the thing it's like you know when swing started like that was an underground dance music at first you know and then when like the fusion guys start you know when people started playing latin grooves and stuff that was not mainstream yet that right. was like wow ramsey lewis is has a latin beat you know that's kind of like ed- that was edgy at a time <laughs> you know and so i think that's kind of a hard thing is to s- is that that combination of like staying on top of the sort of what the rhythmic vocabulary is yeah. and that was understanding that those were dance styles at the time or came from dance music of the time yeah is kind of one of the ways it relates to jazz I mean so basically staying ahead of the curve rhythmic trying thing. to stay ahead of the curve and trying to play things that have some cultural relevance to the 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 rhythmic culture of of the day. What's the makeup of the of the audience? Have you managed to
0: cut down the number of just pure drum fans that are there or do they still make up a bulk of
1: the audience? I mean they probably make up a bulk of the audience only because that's our longest and most loyal. Okay, maybe the question should have been <laughs> let me rephrase: <laughs> yeah. How many people are dancing? Because the drum you guys know, were. It depends. It depends on the market. Great with their legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the market. Yeah. In um, you know, so that's the 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 drum the drummers are people that you know they're very loyal and they'll come out almost anywhere that we are, yeah. which is which is awesome. You know, we can kind of count on like a pretty dedicated fan base even in places we've never been and we right. don't have to win them over. Right. They're definitely generally not good dancers. Yeah. <laughs> or So how is that in the loves. UK with the UK well,
0: being so big into electronic music? That's the
1: thing is when you get into markets where people understand that music more when it's and the more... the culture. Yeah, it's more yeah. a part of their thing. I mean you get a lot of people not dancing but I would say, you know, even in a room that's maybe 80% musicians. Uh-huh you have 50% of them dancing in well, the UK uh, you know that's a win right there. and they know how to dance because <laughs> yeah. they grew up going to raves or they went you know they it's on the radio it's yeah. you know on pirate radio or it's on regular radio and you hear that shit first thing I do when I get in the rental yeah. car in the UK <laughs> is tune to pirate radio yeah yeah so you, you know, know and and head
0: for South London and just
1: <laughs> go <laughs> to Croydon yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly Croydon yeah. Yeah. it's
1: right next door to where I grew up yeah. you know it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a nice thing out there. People just understand when you're playing places where they understand the music on a cultural level. It makes it easier. You're not really being like an ambassador of dance music to people who are just fascinated by what you do musically, but maybe don't understand the the context. Yeah, more of a it. listening audience and a watching audience. Right, or they're more just they're not familiar enough with the 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 musical vernacular, so they're kind of like they don't you know they don't catch. They don't hear it and be like, oh, that's cool. They're really playing some like, like, I don't know, you know, whatever, like yeah. uh, that sounds like kind of like some minimal techno from like a couple years ago or something. And then they understand like that's kind of like what we're influenced by on a yeah. certain song or where we're, you know, like, oh, that's like a trap thing or yeah, that's yeah. a, you know, so the people don't get that. It's still cool. They're still into it, but yeah. it's, I think maybe it's a little, it can be a little mysterious to people who don't know. Is is there
0: a relevance um, in New York still for that music live or is it just consequence now that you or, or, or just happenstance that you guys still live here and, hmm. and make that music you know I think thinking back to Jojo's
1: kind of movement in the late 90s right.
0: shine and the big party
1: and every yeah. Wednesday night and that kind of thing I think there's not the there's not the same sort of regular parties anymore in New York I think that's more a function of New York that mm-hmm. there's just not the there's not the same kind of vibe. I mean, I think maybe you could still do it if you found a place that had, had a good sound system and people wanted to come out and... The demographic of people on. who live here seems to have changed
0: massively. And, well, the, and
1: the expense of having, being able to yeah. live in Manhattan, for instance. Well, it's moved. I mean, very few people live in Manhattan now, I think, that are, that are interested in much other than finance or, or real estate. It's right. kind of like... Or just, you know, have, don't have to worry about any of that stuff yeah, and yeah. just sort of hanging out. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, like further out in Brooklyn, but it, most of it's coming from a more like DIY kind of second, second or third wave of indie rock kind of like loft parties and garagey kind of stuff. Like, there's there's not that much of like an electronic thing. There are some big parties, but they're they're not regular. Yeah. So, is I, there somewhere in the world right now that you think that music is really relevant or really being pioneered? Well, actually, I think I mean L.A. has seems to have actually a pretty, a lot of stuff going on with the whole brain feeder, thing. That crew. I don't know if that means it's actually like I'm not spending time out there. I don't know if it's just one of those things where those guys happen to live there. Right. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, okay. So, kind of I, I don't get involved
0: and, in the music scene in L.A. i love to be able
1: to tell yeah, you what to be able to support. Yeah, so, on that. <laughs> I you know I don't I don't know, but it seems it, it does seem that people all over the world are much more aware of all of these things, which is maybe, you know the. The good and bad thing of like the the instant distribution of information with the with the internet is, yeah. you know, I read something that uh, Richard D. James, Apex Twin, mm-hmm. said that, you know, he doesn't think that any new genres of music are really possible anymore, because as soon as someone has an idea, they put it on SoundCloud. There's not like the insular communities of mm-hmm. like people only in Brixton, going to like a couple clubs, making tracks at home, yeah. getting dub plates cut. Going to the club, playing the dub plate. Yeah. Only the people in this like small community hearing a certain style for a couple of years, yeah. until it gets big enough, and then it has a unique personality. Now it's kind of like, you know, if you could go on you could just find something that some kid in in wherever made, yeah. and before he before he has time to have a community of other friends who who make things that sound like that, You've already got it. Yeah. There's already someone copying it, some like you know for their. Yeah, to make like a video of them playing along to it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, it's a weird sort of culture of 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 that, where it's like, you know, you have sort of people just kind of copying styles so much. So artistically
0: and creatively speaking, do you think the bubble as well and truly burst on social media being a positive
1: force? Well, I think it's positive in terms of as a promotional tool for, communication. for artists, for yeah. communication. I think it's just having some negative impacts on... Uh, on the communities art. being able to create unique art that's unique to their experience mm-hmm. um, because some of, the, some of the music really only makes sense within that experience so right. it's like, you know, what you end up having is you have it get watered down before it you know, like uh, like footwork from Chicago or something you know, that's a, that shit really only works when it's people from that, na- from that group in Chicago mm-hmm. but the problem is, it's like, as soon as it was a thing, it was everywhere and so then it was like car commercials with like those kind of hi-hat patterns and you know so i think that's like you know it took 15 years for that to happen with drum and bass not three months you know so things are like it's just the the aesthetics are definitely and drum and bass came pre-youtube right you know (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so those things took a really long time to to get the word out you know you had to have it get big enough in just in one city that then all of a sudden some promoter in the other city was like i heard they're having these cool these cool parties. Let's get one of their DJs and see, see what it's all about. Now mm-hmm. it's like everyone already knows about it. So, wow. But the flip side of that is it's easier to, to spread. Stuff.
0: And do you think, um, you know, touring live and merch and mm-hmm. all that is the way forward for the independent artist? Is that the only? revenue stream or the only thing worth following or i mean you guys are doing that yeah i would know yeah then on the flip side you have the bunker
1: and you have other stuff everyone has other stuff going
0: on yeah you know?
1: i think it's important to have a, a diversified approach you know of, of yeah. yeah for for personal you know sort of mental reasons as well as sort of uh logistical reasons i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's it's you probably have similar feelings on that. I mean, it's why we're doing a podcast right now and, and not playing at the Baked Potato right now or whatever every night. Or You know, it's like you have yeah. to have these different things to, sure. you know, because it's like then if you get tired of it, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so it's good. To, I, I think like having a balance of different, different things is... And the reason I asked the question, of course, I'm of yeah. the same opinion.
0: You know, that's what yeah. I do. Most people listening to, but I still get questions of like, no, I just want to be a studio musician. And I mean, I'm like, yeah, uh, as as amazing as that is to me with how modernized the education system well, is. <laughs> depends, well, depends
1: what instrument you play, you know? Well, yeah, it depends like what like instrument you play, what city you live in. and like, Start get a job cooking wherever like Steve Wolf lives and then just like start putting some stuff in the food. Because <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> you're not going to get a gig while him and Pelton are around, exactly. you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I think there's a lot of schools preparing people for jobs that don't exist. Yeah. In every, you know, in every uh, field, I'm sure you talked about this with Jojo, that's kind of something he always talks about is like, you know, uh, like universities and stuff where like you, you start school and by the time you graduate that job doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, You're talking about the importance of improvisation from a, yeah. a social perspective. So and in most like,
0: cases, the job doesn't. exist. What, what, what annoys
1: me is the job doesn't
0: exist when the person signs up for the course in the
1: first. But they, yeah, but they get told it does. Oh, absolutely. Or they, they believe the hype that it's. And they like, get told how to do it, and
0: they get their creativity kind of squashed and boxed mm-hmm. and like packaged. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. You know, yeah. I, I still get the question of like, oh man, you went to Berkeley. Okay, yes, yep. I did go to Berkeley. Yeah. And would you recommend I go? Because it's a crap Dep- ton of money. Dep- yeah. And I'm like, well, okay. Do you need a visa to stay yeah, in do the country? you need a visa to stay in the country? And to- I, I always come back to the one thing I still look as, as value in school or in a community like that is the network. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting all those people that
1: you're probably gonna well, work with I for mean, the that's, rest of your life. That's you know? what I got out of going to the new school. Right. You know, I went for three semesters, but I did three semesters yeah. at Berkeley, man. It seems to be there. Yeah, it's a good number, yeah. you know, before, they, before you get too crushed down. Okay, by let's just
0: reiterate that. Semesters, not years. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like, yeah, the whole reason I went and was just to meet people. Yeah. You know, to go meet people who are like-minded, get gigs, yeah. play. I, I didn't care at all about passing classes. or yeah. You know, that wasn't my goal. It was like, I would not go for a degree because yeah. it was like, all right, well, I'm going to go. There's some great teachers. I'll learn learn as much as I can, get as much out of it as I can until I'm too busy yeah. to keep going to school. And then, you know. I, mean, I went for the visa initially
0: to be yeah. in the US. I didn't go for teachers or for anything. And, the, and the, the, the network and the couple of great teachers I had was a happy afterthought yeah. and a happy yeah. byproduct. But I also, you know, talking to different musicians on this podcast and yeah. just people in general, the one thing so many people who are doing their own thing in some capacity mm-hmm. say is that i wish i'd invested more in my own community and in my own mm-hmm. thing early on
1: yeah you know it's like
0: it took me a long time it took me until like oh eight i think until i went on the road with my own band yeah you know um
1: when did you start the bunker well the i mean the bunker kind of evolved very i mean that actually came out of the new school in a way okay because i met aaron at the new school and we, me and him and a, a drummer friend of ours, you know, got an apartment together because it was Brooklyn in the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So you could find a 3,000 square foot loft for 1,700 bucks, and, oh. you know. <laughs> oh, that hurts. You know, that's, and that's, uh, you know, so like it was a reasonable thing. It's like, yeah. okay, well, you know, I can pay 500 bucks a month rent and yeah. have this place. And then it was like we, you know, had a, lap, had a laptop and yeah. some cheap interface and two or three mics and it was like you know we had in the building was like you know uh, the yeah yeah yeah's drummer lived on the second floor like Savi Fav lived on the third floor nice. you know it was, it was basically like indie rock uh, indie rock family yeah. building so you know people would be like oh I need to record like a demo you know he's like oh well, come on down <laughs> you know come downstairs or it's like oh I need to record like whatever it was you know so yep. we just sort of started like recording our friends demos you know very poorly and but you know, we were—I was interning at a studio, and Aaron was doing some recording at the New School, and okay. stuff. so we slowly would like, you know, be like, oh, you know, if I did a did a couple good gigs and had some cash, I would just like spend it on mics. Right. You know, I'd spend it on whatever was going to help Compress make it more something. fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I mean, back then that was way before even worrying about compressors. It was just like now I have three microphones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can do a whole drum set. I can do <laughs> kick, snare, and overhead. You know, but um, so good. Yeah. So that kind of, that evolved super organically and, and, you know, eventually got to the point where it was like my bedroom was a control room and I had a 24 channel Soundcraft ghost and my tape machine, you know, yeah. it was like over the course of five years or yeah. whatever. And then I was like, well, shit, we kind of, this is kind of a studio now, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, uh, so we of decided that those of us who were still living there were like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's move out. I moved yeah. in with my, with my girlfriend and everyone kind of like got out of there and was like, let's just try let's try running this as a studio like yeah. we already have the space we have most of the stuff let's do put a couple hundred bucks into renovating it and yeah. you know make it a little bit more like a studio build an iso booth where there used to be a bedroom and that kind of stuff and then uh, so that was the base room right the base booth used to be a bedroom in the old place i'm trying to think we talk, we're still talking were about in. the same location Yeah, the old I bunker. Recorded, yes
0: exactly the space in between and yep. th-
1: those records there okay yeah i'm trying to remember where we put you though Oh, I That's, was in the main room with Jojo. Right. I'm just thinking like Yeah, exactly. I've oh yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. So it's like the one of the booths was just an old bedroom. Wow. My, my bedroom became the control room and yeah. like we built one other booth, like a smaller one. Yeah. You know, so that was kinda how it started. I mean, I guess it was spring of two thousand six when we when we actually like became a studio. It's been a little over ten years yeah. now of and you and Aaron both had
0: somewhat of recording backgrounds. Did you study that in school? Or? No,
1: I was always super curious about that. Okay. So, you know, my my parents are high school teachers, and they taught at like a, a school in Connecticut. And so, as a kid, I would just like always just take their keys and go into the band room. Oh, nice. You know, every day after school, I'd yeah. be like, "All right, cool." You know, yeah. go play drums. And I was like, and I was, one day, I like found like a cassette four track in the closet, and I was yeah. like, "Hmm, okay." I'm gonna take this home and figure out how it works. You yeah. know, so then I just got kind of obsessed with it. Yeah after that and reading as much as possible I started doing live sound for teachers and friends and stuff so it's like one of my first gigs when I moved to New York so I was doing front house for John Pettitucci because I'd studied with him for years and he was like oh well you know enough about this and you're a musician so you're probably gonna be better than most of the (laughs) club guys that we have to deal with because you know what a bass is supposed to sound like a piano and a saxophone and stuff so so I did that sort of and that Gave me more just hands-on experience with like, you know, I remember one of the first times I used like a large format analog console was like, you know, that wasn't just like a little 16-channel desk at yeah. like Sweet Basil or something. You know, yeah. like yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. He, we did a, a jazz festival in Bariloche in Argentina, uh-huh. you know, and so I was like 18 and just like... With Patatucci. Yeah, 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 with Patatucci. And I ended up, yeah, it was him with... Um, El Negro at the time? Yep. yeah, Chris Neg- Potter. John Beasley. Yes, it was. I think it was with I can't remember. It might have been Danilo okay. on that one. Yeah. But I think it was it was like that era. Yeah. Yeah. It was like either it was either El Negro or Antonio Sanchez. It was right. one of those two guys because they were kind of doing that stuff. The imprint album. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, so one of the first, you know I think I just had a lot of like trial by fire experiences. It's like, you know, I'm 18 nice. never worked And ends like show up in a Spanish-speaking country and it's an outdoor festival and there's like a 60 input like Midas heritage and I'm like, like all right, well, here we go. Here we go, you yeah. yeah. So Good luck, guys. I got some, I got some like, uh, two years of high school Spanish and I've never worked on one of these desks, so, you know, so I, I learned, I, just like those kind of experiences over the years kind of like, just learned how to just figure shit out, yeah. you know, just like, okay, well, and so it's still, it's like, when we got the SSL, I'd never worked on one, you know, i Okay. And it was like, all right, well, I read the manual once, and then uh, and they basically were Figure it out, yeah. Bass yeah, it's mid like, oh, and treble, yeah, and know. a fader well,
0: and a compressor.
1: Exactly, and you're just like, well, I'll figure it out. This will be patch play, be cool, yeah. you know. <laughs> so yeah, I remember being here the day that was being loaded That's in. That's right. I don't you know were what here. We were Maybe doing. the first day we got it hooked up or something. Yeah, you were here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. Maybe we were recording with JoJo that time.
1: I think in in B. No two bases. Mm. Your Record was the first record that I mixed on it. That's we what had we were just doing, gotten it up exactly. and running that morning. Theater by the Sea, maybe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I was like, all right, well, it works. Let's wow. mix record. Yeah, it's a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's mix a record.
0: And the record sounds good. Yeah. Too, so I mean, I guess
1: yeah. it's really like that's kind of been my approach to music in general is just kind of like just kind of go for it and throw myself in and yep. then. But that's a healthy approach, man.
0: It means you're not
1: in the box. You're not stuck to a yeah. regime. Like, yeah, it's a little more organic and. Yeah, I mean, maybe it means it takes longer to figure some things out than if someone shows it to you, but you but find the it out fresh on ideas your, you get. You find it on your own way, you know, yeah, and a lot by observing. You know, like John would always invite me down to the studio to hang out when he was doing records. So it's like, nice. you know, like, so oh, you yeah. got a feel for mixing. Yeah, and way. just and just seeing how how sessions work with that level of players. You know, when yeah. you're like 18, and you just like sit in the back of the control room, all like Jack DeJohnette and Chris Potter and guys are playing. It's like, okay, that's how it's supposed to be. Wow. You know,
0: now I get it. Well, yeah. that's the one thing you can't buy and what any school yeah. can't give you is experience, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, but I think I just, you know, I got very lucky with being, a, uh, having the right f- connections. I mean, you know, John yeah. is still a close friend and yeah. it's like source of inspiration. It's like every time I hang with him. I'm yeah. like, it's working. He's
0: responsible for me raising the action on my bass yeah. about nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does what he can do with that action yeah isn't it unbelievable i mean i'm nowhere close i'm way more than like the (laughs) risler cigarette paper type action i used to have (laughs) but yeah he's yeah i I literally couldn't get a note out of his base when he handed it to me and i was like oh i I really have some work to do yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild what's coming up now with nerve like what's What are you? Are you trying? You guys trying to get away from one thing and towards another? You feel you're transitioning right now. Venue size, style of venue, audience, music.
1: Well, I think, I think right now, you know, we're at a place where we can tour fairly comfortable, fairly comfortably in a fairly traditional format. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the things that we're trying to do, where we can and when we can, is to kind of try and escape. That traditional presentation of, like, you know, band on yeah. a stage. The sort of, you know. You're doing the Joe. pods thing again? I think the JoJo multiple was stage thing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you yeah. did some of those at uh, Centrofly.
0: That's what, I, yeah. Jojo was telling me, and I was like, yeah, you remember we did this like yeah. 14 years ago? Yeah, we, did, a few, we yeah. did
1: it a few times. I mean, we've only done it a handful of times. In yeah, the I whole... did a bunch of them. You did a bunch of them. That yeah. was like oh three or 4, something like that. Probably oh three or 04, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, earlier. And I, that was great. Early early. It's really cool. Yeah. It's very different. I mean, it's 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 better now than it ever was because now we oh, have in-ear true. monitor, yeah. you know, we're on in-ears and and everyone's got their sounds really really together. The yeah. whole the whole technical side of the band is is tighter than it's ever been yeah. in terms of the integration between uh the instruments and the front of house and yeah. Um <laughs> no more roly kind of just melting down <laughs> and smashing things in the front. <laughs> it's
0: so uh, good, man. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, so, but, you know, that's something we're trying to do more of. Yeah. We, we did that in Zurich last month and we, we made a, we filmed that show and we're trying to make like a, you know, we just made like a little EPK so that we have something that our booking agent, or, you know, and we can take to like promoters and be like, hey, instead of like trying to describe it in an email, because yeah. usually they're like, oh, that sounds difficult, we can't do it, it's going to be really expensive. Right. And then when it's like, here's a video, it costs 200 euros more yeah. than a regular concert. Yeah.
0: I suppose I should explain to yeah. the listeners. You and I both know oh, yeah, what we're so talking we <laughs> about. Yeah, we're just sitting here reminiscing because we've yeah. done this before t- together. And but we're talking about having the all four, three members. Well, there was a singer when I was doing it. When Lisa was singing, so there were oh, yeah. four pods. But I guess it's three. We're now, doing right? it with
1: four because oh, we'll put Aaron on with one Aaron as well, on pod. Cause...
0: So the entire each person has a different pod in the middle of the dance floor, kind of spread out. Yeah, so yeah, floor.
1: essentially like four little stages, little yeah. risers. So everyone's milling in between, and yeah, it's. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's a really cool thing, especially if if you set it up with the lights and the and the PA, so that people don't feel like they're supposed to look at one direction. Right. You know, it's kind of like help people. You know, Guide people them with the lights to different places. Yeah. People who tra- experience the light, the the show more inside the music as yeah. opposed to passively. More three uh, D than mm-hmm. they did yeah. before. Are you traveling with a lighting? Person? No, no. We we've, we've been thinking about it. We haven't yeah. found the right person. Okay. We've been talking about it, trying to find someone who can who can create something. Yeah. That uh, is worth paying to take them well, on worth, the way. and sort of ha- and and really enhances or, or helps to describe what the artistic narrative is you yeah. know, it would be easy to bring something if we did like a a playback kind of gig yeah because then you can just design it yourself and, yeah. and, and have a, a dmx it, yeah. out that they just plug into whatever but you know we would we would want to bring someone who can also improvise so yeah. it's a little harder to find something that's really interesting cuz you know unless you're going to do something really special the house guy's fine right you know, I mean, not always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a guy in London who was like four drinks in by the start of the show and yeah. crashed the lighting console twice. Whoa. So that was like, well, maybe it would have been good to have someone else right now. <laughs> I, I had a guy on a Nerve tour in
0: Croatia basically <laughs> give me a suntan because the light was so close and so bright and yeah. so hot. And like, he made me sweat through yeah. my entire yeah. wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that's kind of key. Um, are you guys using LEDs? Does it, does it get as hot as it used to on stage? Most venues are LEDs, I they feel are? like. Okay. It's not so as... it's not
1: crazy tungsten like it used to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, not to just like five yeah. minutes and you're just done. wet yeah. from like head to toe. I
0: look at old videos or photographs of me playing with Jojo in Nerva no, and it's like wife beater. Yeah. I wish I'd had a and pair of shorts with and me. And you're soaking and done. wet. After five, yeah. First
1: song and you're just done. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's better it's better in that way for sure (laughs) yeah any plans to to travel
0: to or play with anyone else
1: for me personally yeah for you personally um i'm always
0: like even to the point where like there's a bucket list or something and if that if that thing came along like someone you really respect musically and artistically that you'd be like oh that'd be cool and then you're doing it not because it paid great or didn't pay great but just from an
1: artistic perspective Just because you want to do it like i have my
0: little bucket list of eight to ten people i'm always curious about. yeah no
1: i definitely i definitely do i mean i think that that the bucket list changes over for sure. over the years. Yep. You know, um, there are definitely people that I you probably. You mean it's not still? <laughs> well, I do have that Frank Forever tattoo. Oh right yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't we get out at the same time? <laughs> yeah. um, that one spot in Kazakhstan. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I uh, right now like the people that I. There's some people that I really. Respect a lot that I, I consider somewhat peers that I would like to do something with. Um, I started doing like a recording project with Mark Juliana. Right. Um, just we're just like we're just like you know we've known each other for 15 years. Like we've played together three times. Like maybe we should like, maybe we should do something. <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah. so we've got something that we're we're working on, and that would be cool to um, for it to be something that happens live at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to play with him live in any context right I mean, he's you've played with him he's of course you know, yeah he's a a force and an, yeah and just quite a unique voice and i think has a really sure. fresh perspective on music I, and on the instrument yeah. i you know i just admire what he's what he's doing um, yeah, i think
0: he's a rare case of someone bringing something new rather than regurgitating what happened
1: yeah exactly or, exactly you know. he has a very strong idea uh, concept of of the history of the instrument and the music but would the
0: thing be performable by you both as a duo is that i don't think so i think it would
1: probably would be a band be at least a trio probably okay. you know it depends it's sort of uh you know I, i'd like to you know there's people like i would love to play with brad Meldow at some point just cool yeah yeah you know i Amen. <laughs> yeah, man yeah. sign you know, me up dude if yeah, you can't exactly. make it if you get that cool <laughs> yeah we'll be on the reciprocal sub list exactly for yeah. <laughs> um you know there's not there's not that that many yeah. you know but you know then there's the ones that are that are then there's always, like, the stupid ones that are like, oh, it'd be great to be in Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, that'd be a nice hey, Tom, um... Yeah, Colin's a bit old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Don't you think one Greenwood's enough? Yeah, know? right, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, you know, but, you know, I'm pretty happy with having, like, a a, a band that's a solid artistic, yeah. you know, that's very much, like, it's a collaborative effort, but it's, like, And that's why I ask because that's more and more the older
0: I we get. It's more of a common thread that it's like we're not trying to be session musicians and play on the next whatever record. Right. Celine Dion record or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I
1: mean, you know, one thing I I would say more on my on that sort of bucket list is it would be nice to get back into playing more acoustic music. Mm -hmm. I think not just because I'm getting older, because that's like something I did for a long time, and then kind of the last ten years, it's been sort of like by the way so pretty neglected yeah. you know I still I still, I practice that more than I practice electric bass but because you have to right Right, and just because it's so much fun to play sure. and I don't have a chance I'm not performing on it so it's sort yeah. of like you know I'll do some sessions sometimes just you know I'll play yeah. on sessions or just like call a session you know it's kind yeah. of a nice thing about having the new piano as yeah. I was like you know a couple of weeks ago I was just like hey John Coward are you in town like let's play he's like yeah sure you know so he nice. lives in the hood you know? so it's like trying to just like call some sessions with like some good players and just Great. kind of forgot about that the 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 simple pleasure of that from yeah back in the day when you're like 17 18 19 and Big all you time. do is just like oh what are you doing today do you want to, you know just like jam go over to somebody's and like, place yeah yeah and it's like well, shit i mean <laughs> that was always a lot thing. of good musicians
0: around yeah and, that was always the biggest thing for me in new york musical musical yeah. development wise was the private sessions it wasn't going to cleopatra's needle right. and playing eight thousand choruses of you know having met miss jones mm-hmm. it was like going to someone like I don't know, aaron goldberg's house or something with who had a piano and would call a great right. drama like eric harlan or yeah, something and then you, show day, you know and you're like wow here we go you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is some so, real i've been trying to do shit.
1: that more i feel like maybe that's not happening as much these days so i was just trying i was like man like why don't i call something i have, yeah. this, I have this studio i have i have a <laughs> yeah you know 1894 steinway c <laughs> that people you know people are lined up to book time on it i yeah. could just invite good piano players over when there's a couple of free hours or yeah, someone's yeah. mixing you yeah. know it's like and just play for fun it's like that and they can
0: mix in the control room you can play in here and it's yeah it's no totally. problem
1: huh? yeah if someone gets distracted just hang a packing blanket in the window and that's you know. awesome yeah. yeah so it's 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 fun that's so you can
0: mind. really streamline this place to be multifaceted
1: like yeah, I mean you could you could you could totally be doing something out here you know not really to the point of like tracking out yeah, here no. just because you'd need you know yes yeah, but you, we've done people doing video shoots out here while someone's mixing you know or yeah so
0: nice well long may the bunker exist thank you long may <laughs> long may nerve uh, carry on yeah um, and thanks for taking the time thank you thanks for coming awesome by. thanks think, man I'm Yannick Guzdala. You've been listening to the Yannick Gwizdala podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well. My channel, Yannick Gwizdala at YouTube. And you can check out the new daily vlog and follow everything that's going on day to day.